So hi, everybody. Um, welcome to the very first EDTL 630 podcast um, brought to you by McGill University. Um, this is the group of Svita, Mona, Jade, and Beth. Um, I'm Beth. I am currently not in an internship, unlike a lot of our classmates, but I am um, tutoring about five days a week online with a online tutoring organization called Paper. Um, and we use a chat-based platform to um, help our students, and we uh, pride ourselves in using the Socratic method to teach. Um, Jade, did you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm Jade. I'm also not doing an internship right now, uh, though I have taught before with the Cree School Board and also with a school in Ganesatake. Uh, but right now I'm working with the Cree School Board as an academic counselor. Uh, so I've been helping students start thinking about colleges, finding them tutors, and basically anything else to try to help them while they're in school. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, Sabita, what about you? Hi, I'm Sabita, and I am doing my internship at a high school. I'm with the LB Pearson School Board right now, doing my internship at actually my old high school that I went to high school in. and. It is some experience, especially teaching during COVID. A lot's been going on and it's very hectic at the moment. For sure. I can only imagine. Uh, and finally, we have Mona. Tell us about you. Hi, Bethany. Hi, uh, Sabita, Jade and everyone. Uh, my name is Mona and I am an ESL teacher. I'm working currently uh, with the Margaret Bourgeois School Board. I teach ESL to young learners. And uh, I'm doing my courses at McGill University towards a permanent teaching certificate. That's awesome. So we've gathered today <laughs> to talk about um, the struggles of teaching during a pandemic. Um, Mona, you were telling us some really interesting stuff before we started recording. Uh, would you care to share a little bit about how um, COVID-19 has affected your experience in the classroom as a teacher? Of course, um, as an English teacher, you know, uh, I teach English as a second language. So it's a kind of like totally new language to the students. It's it's for most students, it's a third language or second language. And wearing the mask is really limiting my ability to show them uh, like how the word, words are, pronounce, are pronounced or like uh, how to show my full facial expressions even like uh, our connection and communication is kind of like limited because they, some of them also wear masks. Uh, sometimes I would like to see the reactions, like how they're reacting to the material I'm teaching, if they're smiling or like, uh, actually our uh, our experience as authentic as it is, it's, it, it doesn't feel so uh, full. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the students, I can feel, I can sense, some kind of anxiety that they have uh, when I, whenever I touch anything, like the when the teacher, because like they have their own principal uh, teacher, and I come like uh, for English probably once or twice a week. So uh, whenever I touch any of of the stuff in the class, whether the uh, screen or the the table or any of the markers or whatever, so they're kind of like scared. Miss, you have to disinfect this. You have to disinfect that. And I'm aware, of course, of the uh, of the risks, but it kind of like hurts a little bit to see that the students don't have their full attention and their full uh, concern uh, in their learning experience, but they're also worried about like 
uh, health risks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I can uh, I can tell it's been very difficult on everybody. Um, and I do want to get into a little bit more about um, supporting our students, especially because everybody is so anxious and worried about getting infected. Um, but before we do, uh, I thought that uh, Sabita and Jade could also talk about their experiences um, since you're both in schools as well. Uh, so Sabita, would you like to start us off? <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Beth. Um, so right now in schools, we have our our school was quick. Like ours actually, not our school. The school board was quick to put in the measures. So the sec fives and sec fours are doing alternating days, and we're being as safe as we can. And when I say that we are on the dot, meaning our school is quick, and we, we did everything as we can to make it safe. However, it is stressful on the students. Very stressful. Uh, I spoke to some of my students. Um, I'm going to say my students because at this point, they're my students. Even though I'm a student teacher, I have good connections with most students now. But some of the, most of the students, when I asked, talked to them about online learning, they had a really, really, really bad experience mm-hmm. during our, lo- our first lockdown in March. And they don't want to go back to that. And they like being in a classroom because it helps them focus. This is coming from the Sec Fives. And they're under a lot of stress with COVID, with everything, with college applications. It's a lot going on for them. And I sympathize with it. So I try to do my best as a teacher and as to support them. So they will have enough support to be able to learn. Uh, When it comes to safety measures, we're on the spot with it. However, you have to keep in mind, it is a high school. Mm -hmm. And it is impossible for social distancing. But students are doing what they're supposed to do, which is good. Staff is doing what they're supposed to do, and we're trying our best. But trying our best is not always enough. Because we're in a school, we're in a closed environment. It's not that we're not trying, it's that it's just impossible if we're like, what, a thousand something students in a, in a school, in a building, where you can barely move around. And the students, especially the younger students, are having a hard time because it's a, it's a lot going on. For them, it's like COVID, with COVID, with school, and them not able to leave the classroom. With the bubble systems, they're not allowed going anywhere, so they're stuck in one place. So their experience of school has drastically changed, and they're trying to adjust. But at the same time, it's hard, especially being so young with a lot of changes going around, going in them, it's a lot, a lot happening. That sounds incredibly stressful, except especially for the poor secondary fives who, uh, have a lot more in their minds than just the pandemic. Um, so moving over to Jade, what uh, what has been you know what what is your school um, doing these days? Uh, how are they coping? How are, how are your students coping? Well, I have to say we've been pretty lucky up north because we have a strict quarantine law. So anyone who comes from outside of the community has to quarantine for fourteen days. Uh, So I had to do that when I arrived in July because I started early August and I was part of a lot of the planning of, okay, well, what are we going to do? Are the students going to wear masks? Um, How are they going to move around the school in like a way that's safe for everybody? So we started from there and we've been upholding a lot of these uh, rules and regulations, uh, even though luckily, luckily and thankfully, we haven't had any cases in the community since uh, back in March, I believe. Uh, but it is really hard. I can relate to what Sabita's saying. Um, I work a lot with the secondary four and fives because I'm trying to help them with their career choices, understanding the credits they need, what courses they need to graduate. And 
it's also hard because usually you're looking forward to certain like milestones. You're looking forward to going away to college because there's no college close to here. Um, but now the students don't really know what's going to happen. There are students who did apply for college who ended up staying in the community and doing online classes when they thought they were moving to Ottawa or Montreal. And it also is kind of sad. Uh, the students get to go on an orientation trip where they get to visit a bunch of different colleges when they're in secondary five. And some of these students have been looking forward to this trip since they were in secondary one, secondary two, thinking about visiting nearby like cities to see the different programs and options. And now suddenly that's just not possible. So I think a lot of the students are having trouble adapting to this new reality and the uncertainty, which I think is true for everybody. And then even though there are no cases here right now, we're trying to uphold the social distancing, but these students have been out of school and the summer was completely different for them. So they, they're craving the social interaction. And even when I see them, I've had students come into my office and they're crying or they're upset. And then like, do I remind them to put their mask on? I know they're supposed to have it on, but they're also like trying to blow their nose because they've been crying. So I've experienced some weird <laughs> situations oh. related these yeah. uh, guidelines. Oh, that must be hard for them. In those situations, uh, what what sort of advice could you give to other educators who uh, are just desperately trying to provide some support for their students, especially the ones who are coming into the office crying? I think what I've been trying to do is share a little bit of how I've been feeling and how these feelings are normal and it doesn't make them like they're not weird for feeling this way. I think the whole world is feeling this way mm -hmm. and try to take advantage of like think of how things were in lockdown in March and April. And now like we are able to do some activities. So taking advantage of those activities. And I've been joking with the students too, like, well, I know I haven't been able to travel much this year and I love traveling. So maybe save some money and make some plans for somewhere down the line when we can do these things again. For sure, I think those are some very important reminders, you know. Um, how do you think uh, this is going to impact the world of education moving forward with all of this shift to virtual learning? Is that, some, is that something that do you think is going to stay, um, let's say, as Tabitha? It must. It must stay because as the years go on, technology has been evolving and we have to keep, as educators, we have to keep up with this technology. And I feel like a lot of teachers had resented using, like upgrading. Mm. They keep using just regular chalk, chalk and, and um, sorry, blackboards. Mm -hmm. Chalkboards, ah, my bad. <laughs> but I feel like now with technology evolving, especially with COVID kind of brings a realization that we have to keep up, up to date with this. I agree. Because we need to be able to go online. We need to be able to do this because we need to provide students with the support they need, especially with technology. It can help us enhance their learning. So I feel like even once this COVID situation is finally over, in like five years when it's over, um, that was a joke by the way, but okay. <laughs> I hope it won't last five years. <laughs> You're scared me. Yeah. No, but once We're this whole scared, thing is over. it's not that long. <laughs> yeah. But like once everything is over, we have to continue with this technology, like using technology and in integrating it with our teaching methods. Because once we're able to do it effectively, it won't be such as bad as it was when we first started in March. That's true. And we'll be able to help them and use technology efficiently, effectively, 
and the students won't hate it as much as they did back in March. Very true. Mona, I yeah. think you had uh, something you wanted to add earlier. I just wanted to add that uh, I agree with Sabida and there are a lot of uh, senior teachers with the with a great experience who are not necessarily at ease with using uh, digital black platforms and probably I don't know I wonder if this like through school boards if like some uh, trainings or some uh, some kind of like support, technical support that can be offered to these senior teachers. Because as Sabita said, it's going to be like uh, whether, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I just pray that the, that the pandemic is gonna uh, just disappear as soon as possible, if I can say, but uh, still like these digital platforms and these digital methods are inevitable and should be integrated in our teaching process and in the learning process for the students as well. Yeah, I've actually experienced kind of a vicious cycle with that because some of the senior teachers need the training, Mm -hmm. but the training can only be offered online right now. Oh, so (laughs) so it's a little bit difficult. Who's offering, who's going to sit with them one-on-one? Sometimes you need to be able to show them, but the trainers aren't aren't coming to these locations necessarily Mm -hmm. right now. So I was part of a training where the trainer was like, okay, well, you open, you open this program, you click here, you click there. And then once this is open, you're going to go into this tab. And I'm sure like even those simple instructions, some of the senior teachers are probably already lost. I agree. I agree. And I've been experiencing these difficulties because uh, I teach with the French school board and sometimes I receive a video and then all the video is in French. So my French is okay, but like I like I can be one of those teachers. I'm not like that digitally uh, savvy, but it's fine. Like I'm I'm figuring my way around. I mean, hey, you figured out how to I'm have Mona. Podcast, so you think you're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kept asking questions, Mona? right? Mona, um, at your school board, do they offer any training? Because I know Leslie B. Pearson, they were training teachers throughout the summer. One of my friends who who is a teacher at Leslie B. Pearson School Board said that they're offering a lot of training and how to put everything online. And throughout the summer, they were preparing to go online Mm -hmm. as a backup. Mm -hmm. Did they offer that at the school board you're at? Well, I applied for a job uh, during the summer to, uh, and one of the, like there were different positions and one of the positions was actually teaching online. So I thought I can use this job opportunity uh, as a training opportunity as well. So I can kind of like do on the job training, but uh, it didn't happen. And then with the beginning of the school year, uh, there is always the possibility of, uh, I mean, God forbid, having the school uh, schools closed. And then we actually have to do uh, uh, education uh, online through Google Classrooms or Google Meetings. And already a lot of meetings are happening online with the school administration and so on. So I should be fine. But I mean, when we talk about senior teachers, they don't necessarily have to be like, like very very like senior teachers they can be simply like uh i mean they could be people like us like people like me so uh these are all like uh i mean these experiences are valid for these people and it's like one of the challenges uh faced i mean that that the pandemic is posing not only on the students but also on the teachers i mean with the with the students with older students like 
uh, secondary students and like college students or university students, it's all fine. But when we go like younger, like with the, for the younger ages, like these kids need to socialize. They need to like to feel the sense of community and belonging. It's going to be harder for like a first grader or second grader or like uh, maybe kindergarten to do all this education online. So it's... Uh, oh, it is hard for high schoolers also. Uh -huh, yeah. It is very hard for high schoolers. Um, one of my sec five class, we had a COVID case and that class is that bubble has been shut down. Mm -hmm. And this, this is sec five and they're having a hard time online. Yeah. They were not happy being home learning. Exactly. But what I find that helps is what I, what my me and my CT, like she is a saint. She's the best CT ever. Mm -hmm. What she does that I've noticed is she asks, she talks, she talks to them and asks about how they're feeling and validates their feeling and makes them feel like they're not alone and that she's here, that we're there for them and she lets them say what they feel. Yeah. Let them talk a little and let them know that. We're all, we're all in this together. Exactly, exactly. And this is actually what is uh, what is really meant. I mean, our our message and our purpose eventually is just to build those bridges, whether like if not in person, then through online. So we should always encourage this, uh, I mean, genuine share and then validate, I mean, these experiences, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually curious to hear from Beth. You're working completely online, aren't I am, you? Yeah, I uh, not just completely online. They can't see me. They can't hear me. Uh, they have no oh. idea if I'm sitting in my PJs with my hair in a bun. Oh, it's all on a chat-based platform. So um, a lot of a lot of my effort goes into making sure that they don't misunderstand what I'm saying and that they can um, get a sense of my personality through my teaching and the just through words and the occasional emoji um it's been a very interesting experience uh working completely online like this uh but for sure i've seen i've seen a lot of uh changes in the in the past few months especially as we've acquired more schools and those schools have gone online because of covid and um, we're getting a lot more elementary students online than we used to um which is a completely new experience to me at least so it, it's been very interesting uh to, to witness this change yeah beth um how do you do you have any students that come to you online and you have to help them through the situation do you have any like experiences with interacting with students on a personal level online? um so that's that's a good question uh so the tutors aren't trained for any kind of uh, guidance or counseling. Obviously, we try to be as personable and, and nice and validating as we can, but if we do feel like there's um, a situation in which a student um, might be at risk, we, um, we're basically programmed to uh, go to our tutor manager and they reach out to the school um, that can then uh, talk to the student, the student's family, and make sure that everything is okay, um, or at the very least, you know keep an eye on things, um, as we say. And, I, and I've had a couple of students, not in the chat actually, in our um, essay review service, so the, the students can submit written work for, um, for feedback from a tutor before they submit it to their teacher. And uh, there have been a couple of essays where uh, students have been asked to write a personal narrative, and one of the things that they decide to write about is their depression or their anxiety. And so sometimes when I, 
pick up an essay like that and I'm going through it, I will very often reach out to my boss and I'll say, hey, um, can we, you know, reach out to the school and make sure that this kid's okay, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, ladies. Yeah, ladies. I have a final question. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Um, thanks okay. so much for uh, coming together and doing this. This was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing all of your experiences. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts or comments? Yeah, I just wanted to pose like one final question because I hope our podcast reaches like as many like a wide range of audience so i would like uh probably us to uh maybe i would like to ask the question about like how can parents or how can the world uh, outside the classroom or outside school how can parents support us in the learning and teaching process so what would you like to see like on the parts of the parents or the parts of the uh the students how would you like would you like to see any changes would you uh how can you get the the parents or like any how how would you like to get more support uh in your uh teaching and learning experiences that's a really awesome question would anybody care to uh <laughs> comment so maybe maybe we can, well, I can like let our voice reach the world like how can we get support if you don't mind well, I would just want to say, and I think this was advice that was given back in March and mm-hmm. April, that when, like the world is in such a weird state right now, and there's a lot of pressure on students in mm-hmm. general. Um, so trying to act like everything's okay and they have to follow these these rigid rules for school and assignments and everything, mm-hmm. I understand there needs to be a return to normalcy, but like we can't really kid ourselves and pretend that things are normal. So yes. I would say just give the students a little bit of a break, give the teachers a bit of a break because everybody's doing their best. And then also, um, I've noticed a lot of students, especially in my new role, they really need to be listened to. Like, are you okay? How was your day? And just listen. You don't have to give advice. You don't have to really give your personal experiences. Just letting them talk about themselves right now, I think is really important. I agree with you, Jade. The best thing we can do is just yeah. listen to them. Yeah. Because an open ear will do all the difference. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you, uh, Beth and Sabita. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a pretty wholesome note to leave uh, to leave this podcast episode on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, and uh, maybe there'll be another one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.